0: listening to coffee with kenobi you are with danzy the podcast you're looking for this is (laughs) previously on coffee with kenobi in between you're kind of building this culture of of do-it-yourself star wars people um i know a lot of people came out of that culture people like uh, pablo hidalgo who ended up working for West End Games himself and was a designer for them. So, and again, it's not surprising to me at this point that, that you know, here we are, what, 30 years later and he's now kind of um, sitting and, and working in story for the franchise because that's kind of the perfect place to start.
1: Yeah, I think that guy's going to go places.
0: <laughs> yeah, I th- think he's really up and coming, yeah.
1: This
2: is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi.
1: Yes, the great Pablo Hidalgo, indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Kenobi, show number 153. We are your spoiler-free place for Star Wars discussion, analysis, rhetoric, and the best travel tips this side of the galaxy. I'm your host, Dan Z, drinking One Nation coffee out of a red Star Wars Christmas mug from Target a few years ago. And boy, do I wish they made mugs like this still, because it's great. It almost looks like um, an ugly Christmas sweater kind of a thing, but it's got Darth Vader and the Imperial logo and snowflakes and i just absolutely love it coffee with kenobi is brought to you by mei and mouse fan travel for all of your travel needs the disney theme parks and the cruise lines as well as anywhere you want to go on vacation be sure to go to www.mousefantravel.com the official travel agency of coffee with kenobi on cwk I invite you to join me as we think about the mythology of star wars in a whole new way and maybe laugh a little bit in the process you are here with your Star Wars family as we go to our favorite coffee shop and talk Star Wars. On today's show, Jay Krebs and Josh Gilliland join us as we talk about the top five things we love about Rogue One. And in the news section, we have a Galaxy's Edge update, as well as a brand new Star Wars animated series. Well, I don't know if series is the right word, but there's new Star Wars animation it's very exciting. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite coffee mug, and let's have some coffee with Kenobi.
0: who talks first you talk first i
1: talk first joining us today for a cup of coffee is the co-host of starships sabers and scoundrels and of course a fashion reviewer for coffee with kenobi jay krebs
2: well hello there i had to get that little blurb in because of course you know coffee with kenobi and obi-wan kenobi was just released on battlefront 2 so i'm super excited But thank you so much for having me back on, Dan. This is always an honor to talk Star Wars with you and also with our other guests tonight. I'll let you introduce. Well, thank
1: you. Thank you. It's like you've done this before. (laughs) You mentioned our other guests, and our other guest is a first-time member of the Coffee with Kenobi family. We're very excited to have him. He is the co-creator of The Legal Geeks, Josh Gilliland. Greetings.
3: How are you, It's a pleasure to be here. I am fantastic. I am enjoying wonderful California smoke-free weather and it's awesome to be with you uh, both tonight.
1: Perfect. And did I I pronounce your last name correctly? You did. Yay, that is a victory.
3: (laughs) victory. I've heard people make it, you know, Italian, French, it's Scottish. So it's Scottish.
1: Ah, good to know. Good to know. Well, very good. Well, we are on Rogue One, the first standalone Star Wars film, and uh, we're pretty much uh, rapidly closing in on the two year anniversary of this film. So it really works out well. Jay, I'm going to turn over to you as as our coffee family members know. It's, this is anything that comes to your mind for Rogue One characters, themes, moments, settings, environments, memories, collectibles, whatever it is. We want to know what you love about Rogue One. So what is your first one?
2: My first impression when I think about Rogue One is sacrifice and the idea that everyone ends up, and I know we've had this conversation before, but the fact that everyone ends up perishing at the end, all of the main characters. And as morbid as that sounds, it is incredibly poetic and beautiful in its message. And I've just always felt that we get so much more depth to A New Hope. By being able to see the sacrifices that have come before. And I know I'm getting real deep off the off the <laughs> off That's the bat good. here. I'm That's just good. jumping right into the deep end. But uh, but you know, I, I thought about this a lot. And I think, you know, when, when I first saw a New Hope, of course I was only seven years old, but seen it a million times since then, but never really grasped the entire concept of what was being sacrificed when the rebellion was first being born and all of these things were happening and there was little Luke on Tatooine, you know, this little moisture farmer, not knowing really anything that was going on and just everything that came before him. So just the power and the depth of the
1: sacrifice is the first thing that comes to mind for me and foremost. Great way to kick it off. And I could not agree more the the Shakespearean aspects of this. and, And I know I've told you this before, too, but when we were at the solo premiere, the big debate was... Which one did you like more, Solo or Rogue One? And ultimately, mm. I liked Rogue One um, much more because I, I like um, I like the power and the poignancy of that. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But Josh, what is your first one?
3: Let's go with truth and Bays, and I say that because I like questions of faith and everything that happens between the two of them, between one who is a believer and one who has lost his faith, to see the force being discussed as a religion and mysticism brought in that we hadn't seen in a while was really powerful, especially with the final walk. So I really enjoyed that question.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, metaphor with those two, I think, especially.
3: Agreed, and... And I did order the uh, black series of turret before it was available in the United States from China, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow! Was, what a great get. It you know eBay. It was a good thing. It was a
1: good. Thing. <laughs> Merry Christmas to Josh. My <laughs> my first one is Jen Urso's speech before the Battle of Scarif, when mm. she does uh, she metamorphosizes into this and to this basically force of nature and it's quite lovely and poignant she's a fantastic i did not specifically point her out at just jen, i could easily just say jen herself for all five of these and and i still wouldn't scratch the surface because i think she's so powerful and important but this is where she asserts herself as a leader and you could see well it's not through the first time but it's the first time when you see that it's it's uh, it's circular it's you know it's cyclical they are they are responding to her she motivates them, you know, we're gonna take care of this or we're not, but this we're gonna we're gonna give it our best. May the force be with us. It's it's a great scene, really kind of encapsulates where she has come in her journey. That's
2: a great way to put it. Absolutely. And that you're right, that speech is just chills every single time. And they knew going in that it wasn't looking good for them. Um, but the way that she said, we'll take the next chance and the next and the
1: next, That's right. that was
2: just, Oh my goodness. You're absolutely right. I love that.
1: She's, she's awesome. Felicity Jones is awesome. I, we, uh, we, um, tried to, uh, not tried. We, we paid to get our picture with her at Celebration Orlando and she was very gracious. It was like, you know, 10 seconds, but it was still cool to be able to talk to the main character of a Star Wars film, even if it was very briefly.
3: Mm-hmm. And she's one of the few Star Wars actors that's hosted Saturday Night Live.
1: No, that's right. Wow. How about that? Gold, so, star, gold star out of you with the trivia. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, Jay, what's your second one?
2: Um, I'm going to have to say Galen or so. And I say that because I feel as if Galen – how do I want to say this? Here he was, he was a father. He was this brilliant engineer. He was going into this project thinking that he was going to do some good and some right and be able to realize his life's work. And then to realize that his life's work was being put into such a way that he... He, he couldn't even bring himself to, to really work on it in the way that it deserved until Krennic came back and basically you know forced him to do it. But just the, the way that he was able to put that fault into the Death Star and be able to work behind the scenes and still be able to do right, even in the face of all that was wrong, and I just I admire that about him and and the fact that he he had to do that and sacrifice, again, sacrifice his daughter. And of course, Lyra sacrificed herself. but um, but I absolutely love Galen. And after reading Catalyst, I yes. just I love him even more. That book is you need it. I, I'm telling, yeah. I mean, yep. I don't often say that, oh, this book should be required reading. That book should be required reading, quite honestly, because it 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 lends so much to the story.
1: I agree, it's one of my honorable mentions too, because I think it's, I think it really does kind of add a little bit of narrative glue to the film, and they're not through no fault of the film. It just, it just, it truly, like you said, it legitimately enhances the story, which you can't say that about all of them. Mm-hmm. Josh, what's your next one?
3: So. I have to say, Jay and I think a lot alike, so I am making some on-the-fly adjustments. But I'm going to go with uh, the music. This is the first non-John Williams score.
1: That's
3: right. And uh, Michael, I've never pronounced his last name correctly. Uh, Giacino, I, I, I I mean, that man is a genius who keeps cranking out soundtracks left and right, mm-hmm. so he's You know, he did the uh, J.J. Star Trek movies. He did Incredibles 2. There's a long list that he's accomplished. But the Rogue One soundtrack is one that I frequently listen to while doing legal research, blogging, document review. Uh, There's a lot of excellent tracks to it, especially when you get to, you know, Jin's speech, mobilizing the rebel fleet, and Battle of Scarif, and, you know, and the end – oh extremely powerful and moving and i really admire that
2: i agree it's so yeah. funny josh that you say that because we are of the same mind <laughs> because that was another <laughs> i was thinking as when you said that i thought oh my goodness he's so right because i'm the same way that is one of those soundtracks that i pop in and i am all about the composers so i'm i'm a big music geek whenever different movies come out, you know, if if it's, oh, you know, that's Giakino or um, you know, that's Jablonski or that's Hans Zimmer or whatever, you can tell their style. Um, but it's still Star Wars, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: They yeah, hmm. it's so hard for me to to even comment because so many things that are on my honorable mention too that you're you is both just saying it so beautifully that I almost I don't even really need to bring it up later. <laughs> my second one, this is this is the layup. I mean, this is the softball that uh, you serve to Babe Ruth. It's Vader scene at the end of the film. I mean, mm-hmm. what more needs to be said about that poignant, powerful scene? It almost feels like I'm cheating saying it because it feels very, very obvious. But every time I see the movie. I still get those chills, and I feel legitimate, not sympathy or fear, but empathy for these rebels who are just terrified of this of this monstrosity, this weapon of evil who's wielding this red lightsaber with no mercy uh, and no emotion of any kind except for anger. And it's so frightening, and it's so powerful, and it's the Vader moment we've wanted to see on screen our entire lives. Mm. And the fact that it was uh, sort of inserted towards the end of production – Anyway, it's just magnificent. I mean, really, that's the home run for sure.
2: Oh my goodness, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm I'm sitting here just thinking about it getting chills quite honestly. And I do remember seeing that for the first time on the big screen and just being absolutely floored. And, and you could yes, you could totally feel the emotion that was going on. And again, you know, coming back to that idea of sacrifice and just, you know, that that whole scene at the very end with the the rebel saying Launch that was I couldn't think of the word you got me all flustered just thinking about it but the launch and just that desperation in his his words and oh you're right just the the sheer power of Vader is just incredible
1: well and that yeah. that's what we like to call is is a pants wedding situation I
2: think. yeah <laughs> <laughs> spill your coke all over you choke spill on your, your popcorn coke. moment yeah. that's right
1: that's right Well, that's a great place to, uh, to end our first segment. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll bring up the next two points on the top five things we love about Rogue One. This is Coffee with Kenobi.
2: This is Coffee with Kenobi.
1: And now for one of my very favorite parts of each week of Coffee with Kenobi, because I get to list the Coffee with Kenobi Patreon family members who helped make this show what it is and have access to our exclusive show, CWK Perover. People like Ben Elkington, Rebecca Raven, Dennis Keithley, Terry Lee, Melinda Wolf, Wayne Booker, Aaron Harris, Chris Kavarka, Angela Sauce, Mediocre Jedi, Caroline, Tim Bungaroth, Chris Metz, LJ Sauter, Thea Selby, Jeff Ellis, Daz Davies, Christian Dale, Jason Hall, Brian McKinney, Connie Shee, Mike Audette, Jerry Cantor, BJ Smith, Eric Struthers, Nick Dico, and Mark Suter. When you contribute monthly to CWK's Patreon page, you allow us to do a lot of things that our podcast would not normally be able to do, and you get something out of it as well. Besides helping our show and helping us to grow and expand, which is amazing and we really appreciate, you have access to CWK Pour Over, the exclusive weekly podcast that comes out every Sunday and is hosted by myself, CWK co-founder Corey Club and CWK newsman Tom Gross. And the three of us, our chemistry is great. We have a lot of fun things we talk about that we're interested in, that we're knowledgeable about, and we definitely make you think and laugh. And it really gets kind of crazy and fun. So this week, I'm going to play you a clip from the upcoming show. Is that it's got all of the Super Friends episodes, seasons. There's like seven or eight seasons of Super Friends, including... The Legion of Doom, which is probably my favorite, so I'm able to introduce Mason to all these DC characters, obscure and, and more popular characters. But they're very, very family safe. There's no shooting. I mean, if there's violence, it's like they're throwing nets on people, or everything is <laughs> kryptonite when Superman's around, and you know all that kind of stuff. And that great voice that does all of the things like this. That you meanwhile,
2: know. back at the Hall of Justice.
1: That's right. <laughs> Well you probably had Conway Twitty on yours But mine was So that conversation began Because Corey asked me about the DC Streaming service which I have and they wanted to know What I thought about it. it was worth the value So that led to conversations about Comic books, the benefits of Streaming versus cable Going to the theater, all kinds of great stuff And that's the kind of conversations we have We have an outline, we have a plan But we just kind of let things go where they go just like what it would be like when the three of us have coffee together so you get a front row seat to that so if you'd like to hear more about cwk Over, go to patreon.com slash coffee with kenobi or feel free to email me danzie coffee or you can check out the red button at the top of our webpage, page with kenobi i think you'll love it we've got 34 shows on there right now they're just a half hour each and it's a great way to start your week so again Be sure to go to www.patreon.com slash coffee with Kenobi. One Nation Coffee is the official brew of Coffee with Kenobi. It smells fantastic and tastes even better. They even have a subscription service that is very convenient so you never run out of the best coffee in the galaxy. Be sure to go to www.onenationcoffee.com, enter the code Kenobi10 to get 10% off your first order, and get ready to enjoy the official brew of Coffee with Kenobi today. We're back and we are back to Jay, the top of the order, for the third thing you love about Rogue One.
2: Well, I love me some droids, so I got to go with K2SO on this one. And just the, the fact that, you know, here he's this repurposed Imperial droid and, you know, he's being taken under his wing by Cassian and, and, and basically being made a soldier, but he's just, he's got that. Still, that whimsical side to him where he's lethal, but he's, I love his attitude. And I just love Alan Tudyk anyways, as far as a voice actor is concerned. I loved him as Sonny in iRobot. And of course, as Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball, <laughs> as the oh, yeah. actor as well. Uh, he, and Hey
1: Hey in Moana.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. But he's so versatile, but you, you just totally believe the character. I mean, you just totally believe everything about him and you you empathize with him. And here you have this droid and I cried. I bawled when he gave himself up and perished because he again sacrificed. Coming back to it again, I sound like a broken record, but but there it is again. So, um so yeah, K2 for me, he's he's amazing. He makes me laugh, he makes me cry, he makes me shake my head, you know, but he's amazing.
1: I like that that you point out three kind of major things, three very uh, conflicting emotions, but they all bring an actually rather well-rounded droid, which you really can't legitimately say that as far as characters go for many of them. Mm -hmm. They're they're all pretty much one-trick ponies that do their tricks beautifully, but there's a little bit more to K2.
2: Absolutely. Josh, what's your
1: your next one? We're going to weigh in on, on what Jay just said. Yeah, with K two, I
3: love K two because he's kind of the mix of a uh, Chewbacca and R two D two into one oh, to get kind of best of both worlds with with mm. that wing the ultimate wingman. Because a lot of people fall into two categories: is Chewbacca your wingman, or is R two D two your wingman, and with mm. K two they pulled the best out of both for uh, like the ultimate sidekick.
1: What a great description that is! I love it. Okay. Yeah.
3: So, so this is where I put my lawyer skills to work with uh, with my number three which I'm going to call character chemistry you have Krennic to Tarkin Galen to Krennic uh, Jin to K2 Cassian to K2 and just beautiful gripping character interactions you know, with the opening scene of you're confusing peace with terror to well yeah. we have to start somewhere now if you're Again, being the lawyer, uh, thinking about the security state, it's it's a wonderful allegory for those who enjoy those debates, and and like doing that type of analysis. So, and just the way that everyone comes together and interacts was uh, one of the most endearing parts of this film.
2: Mm. Wow, That's I never awesome. really thought about that. Yeah, absolutely. And and just hearing you talk about that just makes me think of. Well, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our point of view. So you pointed that out, you know, with peace versus terror, and it's that's that's awesome. I never really considered that before, so thanks, Josh.
1: Yeah, it's very paradoxical in the their their point of view and it's uh, it, again it shows that, you know, evil doesn't think they're doing evil. They think they're doing what what's needs to be done, which is mm-hmm. even more frightening, I think probably. And Josh, mm-hmm. when you started to give your list and connect these characters, I thought, "Oh my gosh, we're going to end up with Kevin Bacon," but we didn't.
3: <laughs> 6 degrees. <to case.
1: laughs> that's that's it's honorable mentions, yeah. So my hit Bacon. Sorry. <laughs> bacon. All right. Mm. so my third one is The Sacrifice of Bodie Rook. Mm. And there you know, I could point out any of them, but for some reason his hits me the most intensely and i think it's because where he came from what he went through just to get to this point in the film um very much a, a person who goes against the oppression of the empire who's seen it firsthand he, he's seen the ugliness of some of the ex, extreme sanctions of the rebellion and he finds himself in a place where he, he meets his tribe he meets his people and he knows this has to be done for the good of the cause. And he may lose his friends as well. But the way he does it is just, it's just—it's—it's lovely. It's probably the uh, the most poignant sacrifice in the entire saga, I think.
0: Mm,
2: very well said. Yes, you're absolutely right. And Bodhi was actually one of my, my top five characters that I had written down to. And you could him. tell, oh yeah, and you could totally tell too that he was searching for his place in the whole scheme of things, because just the way that he talked about Galen, you know, he was so unsure that he was on the right path and that he was doing the right things. And he knew in his heart and in his soul that just something just wasn't right about the path that he was following. And Galen told him, you know, this, this, you can make things right. And he, from that point on, he, he had so much conviction that that's what he needed to do. So, yeah, <laughs>
3: We've also, he's been a fun topic at legal panels we've done because Saw tortures him.
1: Yeah.
3: Carrera's not part of a government, so there's no Fourth Amendment rights to to what happens to him. It's full on torture with the Bogoli to read his thoughts and leave them damaged afterwards, which is messed up on a variety of levels, but Mm -mm. to add that to the character's arc. Of uh, he defects, tortured f- no, by the good guys, and yeah.
1: the rest of the arc
3: to to the final climax.
1: Mm. Uh, by far, one of the creepiest scenes in any of the movies. By the way. Oh,
2: hands down. I, yes. I oh yeah, that was my moment definitely. Sure. <laughs> and every time I think about it, I think, oh man, I, I would take a thousand quaking lizard monkeys over one boar gullet easily.
3: Yeah, but it's not as bad as the you know uh, city Alpha Five eel in Wrath of Khan. So just take comfort there.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I just thought it was well. I I'm going to stop because this is supposed to be the positive things we love. So I, I will pause. <laughs> uh, let's. So uh, we are back to number four. Jay, what's uh, your fourth one?
2: Oh my goodness, um, I'm going to have to go with the very very end scene where we get to see Leia say the word hope. And, of course, when Rogue One was released, it was right around Carrie Fisher's death. That's right. And so I remember being in the theater. Um, I don't know if it was the second or third time that I had seen Rogue One.
1: Probably that, because I think it happened about a week after.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I couldn't contain myself. I was a sobbing mess. And, of course, part of it was because we had just lost Carrie Fisher but also be, just because of the fact that here we have this, the whole saga basically in one word, hope. And again, the conviction in her eyes and in her voice. And I just, oh my goodness. I just love that, that, that scene. I can't say enough about it. No, <laughs> I'm going to start crying um, just thinking no, about of it. <laughs> they,
1: the, actually the, this, I think the third time, third or fourth time I saw it, as soon as I walked out of the theater, my mom texted me and said that, that Debbie Reynolds had died. Mm. And It was just after I'd seen that. And it was the first time I'd seen it since Carrie Fisher passed. And then I got in the – and I was just like, oh, it just hit me. Like, oh, my gosh, Carrie Fisher is gone. And there's this Princess Leia on the screen. And then I got the text about Debbie Reynolds. like, oh, this is – that was quite a quite a moment, quite a moment. Well, well yeah. Josh, uh, we're going to turn over to you to bring us back up again. What's, what's your fourth one?
3: So, my fourth one is the Battle of Scarif, because it is the most complete battle in all of Star Wars, and I wager the best, because it takes place in multiple theaters all at once in an interconnected fashion for the ultimate goal of getting the plans out. It's land, air, and space, and that is wicked cool. Plus, Mm -hmm. seeing the original footage of pilots from star Wars. Oh yeah. Uh, I lost it. Brilliant. I mean, and I, I, I'm curious to see how many times you each saw in the theater. I, I was at four or five, uh, cheering every time, every time.
2: Mm. It is so great, especially for those of us who grew up on the saga and we just have so much emotionally invested in the original trilogy itself and all of the ties that are made with things like the pilots. And Damn I love it. that you brought that up. Absolutely. Because that 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 was a great moment for me as well.
1: And even hearing like the person who had the call sign for red five right before Luke, that was just kind of
2: a, <laughs> Yeah. Kind of oh my goodness. Yes. It's like, oh darn, that's what happened to him. Sorry, dude.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks.
0: That's you always, know, you that should have awesome. said that at the
1: eulogy. That was lovely. Sorry, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my
1: fourth one is the the end of the film from the perspective of Jen or so. Um and uh Cassie and Andor. Mm-hmm. that I I love the fact, um, like you said earlier, Jay, I love that the fact that they sacrifice. I love that they're at peace with it. I think, of course, you want the characters to live, sure. But from a narrative weighty perspective, being being a, a um, very much a student of Shakespeare, I I firmly believe in the power of this to give it more weight, to give it more gravitas, to give it more cost. And as important as that to me is the ending when they're on that beach or in the they're in the elevator. There's no. There's a complete lack of romance, but it's completely full of intimacy. And Mm -hmm. I think that is so important. And maybe just because I'm, um, I don't know, I'm married. I have three children and I love my wife so much. I very much believe and live the power of what it means to find your soulmate. That being said, I don't think every fictional character needs to fall in love with someone for their relationship to have any... Benefit or merit? I think you can have full intimacy and passion without there being romance, and I find that to be refreshing. And it's it's sort of an easy push button Hollywood trope to have everybody couple up, but I just I find that just to be uh, the easy way out. I think there's more power in this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and you're absolutely right because I mean they could have easily done. Oh, cute romantic movie or music, and oh they kiss and da 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 da. But I'm glad that it didn't point. happen.
1: Yeah, I would have yeah. been really it.
2: It would have killed it, quite
1: yeah.
3: honestly. It would have. It wouldn't have fit. No. <laughs> like it's, no, it's like, well, here's our impending death. You know, want to mm. make out? No, I'm exactly. like, no one does that.
2: <laughs>
1: the best is when they do it in the Blues Brothers when the car is falling from the top of the building and he says oh I've my always goodness. loved
2: you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I totally <laughs> forgot about that.
3: that That's, Dan, I love you.
2: That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but you know, you are right. You're so right, Dan, because it was in that moment that that they they found solace in one another. Mm-hmm. And they found, you know, A kinship.
1: And, yes. And they they hated each other. I mean in and, and he also Learned to see things differently because of her belief in her father. And it was one of the first times that he saw, well, I'm a soldier and I've been fighting this war since I was six years old, but maybe there's another way. And she opened his Mm -hmm. eyes to that. And I think that he found peace and he wouldn't have found it if he hadn't met her.
2: Absolutely. Because you could tell he was such a conflicted soul. I always love saying that line, since I was six years old, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of my favorite lines (laughs) to say. But but yeah, he was he was conflicted too. I mean, he was a lot like Bodhi, I feel like, in that way. He's um, much more
1: complex. Yes, he, he is. and Bodhi really are.
2: And not to, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm I'm so excited that we're going to get some more, you know, backstory about Cassian with this oh, live agree. action show. So
1: excited about that. I agree. I totally agree. So let's go ahead and take a break. Uh when we come back, Tom will bring us the latest news including some information on Galaxy's Edge and a brand new Star Wars animation project. This is Coffee with Kenobi.
2: This is Vanessa Marshall and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year but it's also one of the most challenging times of the year because you have to find that perfect gift and people say you know what am I going to get for that man in my life because he is very hard to shop for. Well Personally, I know what I asked my wife for, and that would be Harry's razors. Their holiday engraved razors are awesome. You can personalize these razors and make them feel really special. Choose a color that's right for him. Now with limited edition holiday handles and a personal engraving option. These things are ready to gift too. The sets come in a handsome gift box, so boom. Another thing taken off your list, which is great, and these gift sets start at just $10. You have a 100% quality guarantee. To go with that, because if he doesn't love it, the returns are quick and hassle-free. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash cwkfamily. Plus, you get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. Each Harry set comes with an ergonomic weighted handle with an option to engrave, German-engineered five-blade cartridge that provides a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades, and a handsome holiday gift box. Or, just want something for yourself? Redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shave before committing. Get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash cwkfamily to get a $5 off coupon for a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash CWK family. Speaking of holidays, Coffee with Kenobi has a Christmas present for you. If you go to our Tee Public store right now and enter the code Holiday, you're going to get 25% off your order, which is really great. And if you've been to our page, you know what we've got there. We've got t-shirts with the logo. We've got hoodies. We've got phone cases. We've got pillows. We've got all kinds of stuff. Laptop covers and a phone case, which I have and I actually am quite impressed with that. That would just be something cool with the CWK logo, but no, it's really, really high-quality stuff. So put in CWK Holiday, and you're going to get 25% off your order. Be sure to go to www.tpublic.com stores slash coffee hyphen with hyphen Kenobi. You know what? That is the code, but just go ahead and click on the link on our website. You have a banner there for the mugs and for the T-shirts. Again, 25% off with the code CWK Holiday. And that code, by the way, is only good until Sunday, so be sure to act now. We're back, and it is time to dive into the news segment. I'm really looking forward to this one even more so than usual, Tom, because we haven't got to talk about the major Galaxy's Edge stuff that happened a couple weeks ago, because last week we did our interview with Michael Witwer, which was great, great fun, and talking yeah. about getting to combine uh, some of our favorite passions, Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons, of course, but... Yeah, exactly. But let's go ahead and jump into major, major Star Wars. I don't know if it's major, major Star Wars news, but it's pretty exciting stuff.
0: Indeed, exciting. StarWars.com announced, along with a teaser trailer, that a new series of animated shorts titled Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures will debut on the all new StarWarsKids.com and the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel Friday, November 30th. According to StarWars.com, the first six shorts combine original dialogue, music, and sound effects with bold new animation. An educational aspect will be a big part of this project as the shorts will include fun educational add-ons designed to help fans welcome kids into the galaxy. Now, according to James Wall, Lucasfilm's Vice President for Franchise Content Strategy, Galaxy of Adventures is designed to allow parents to help their kids take their first step. Into a much larger world. Oh boy!
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man! I know. I know. But I'm already having the oh gosh, should I show Mason this first or the actual Phantom Menace first? That kind of stuff. These are the kind of things that are going through my mind. What a great problem they have! My goodness.
0: Indeed, indeed. Now the I, I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch the trailer. Oh, but, I did. Oh my gosh, was it so awesome? To I, first of all, the animation is is fantastic. It looks like there's different
1: styles in the trailer, the animation. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. I, I was trying, I was trying to tell, I didn't get to look at it too many times, but, uh, um, it did seem that it had maybe it, definitely it's a new animation yeah. uh, that we haven't really had uh, in any of the other Star Wars animated uh, series. But uh, but it did seem like maybe a few of them had some different, especially when you look like I don't know. There was a scene with Yoda kind of coming at the camera that didn't look like the rest of it. But um, right. but what I what I was so excited was the the original voices. <laughs> was that was that fantastic or what
1: pretty pretty great but but i'm I'm almost like well i don't know i wouldn't want to see anyone else re-record that it wouldn't just it just wouldn't mean the same thing so basically they're yeah. i mean i've always thought it'd be cool to see animated versions of the of the films and we're going to see kind of like um synthesized versions of that i guess perhaps that yeah that's, if that's the word i want to use i think it's exciting i love it i mean It's not new content, which I guess is sort of bittersweet, but we get to see some of our favorite stuff uh, through a new lens, and I think that's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun to show these to our kids.
0: Absolutely. I can't wait. My youngest, uh, as I've talked about on the show before, I think has a little... uh, hesitation to star wars and i think it's because my oldest and i have such a connection to it that i think this will be a great way to introduce it to her and in fact i'm going to show her these before i show her my show my older daughter and be like look you're going to see this before everybody else so i think that'll be a lot of fun now there's another announcement that's embedded in all this excitement uh that is galaxy of adventures and it is part of a larger multi-pronged initiative under the Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures banner. It kicks off a full year-long celebration of Star Wars storytelling, which will wrap up, of course, with the conclusion of the Skywalker saga in Episode Nine, which hits the theater, oh my gosh, December of 2019. Mm, I know. What do you think about all this? I, You know, when you put in there that little phrase... Of Star Wars storytelling. A, lo- a year-long celebration of Star Wars storytelling. I don't really know exactly what that means other than it's just that, – that just idea, that concept just is so exciting to me. A and, new you web know, page too, Yeah, that's right. And you, know, and you said it's, it's not going to be necessarily new content. But in watching that trailer, it does appear that it will have some new perspective or a new point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps of, of some, you know, some original content. So all of that, just, it, it's really exciting to me. I don't know exactly what to expect other than I love the theme that they're, that they're really kicking off here. In our next story, new details about Galaxy's Edge was released recently by Bob Shapek, chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Consumer Products. Headlining the news is that John Williams is creating new and original Star Wars themes exclusively for the land. In addition, Shapek announced the names of two major attractions at Galaxy's Edge. The first is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, where guests will pilot the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy Mm. in one of three flight crew roles. And the second is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, where guests are put in the middle of a battle between the Resistance and the First Order. Now, you can catch a hint of William's Galaxy's Edge theme song performed by the London Symphony Orchestra and teasers of Smuggler's Run and the Rise of the Resistance video clips on Coffee with Kenobi's website. Or you can hop on over to StarWars.com. That that other Star Wars site. Yeah. yeah. That other one. Yes. Yeah.
1: The the ultimate stars Wars website, StarWars.com, of course. Yeah, okay, so while you're saying this, my face hurts from smiling. I'm so excited about this. Ah, I can't even tell you, dude. I cannot wait to – I don't know what I'm more excited about, seeing the Falcon for the first time, walking up the ramp for the first time, or going on the ride for the first time. It's just all part and parcel. Having the name – it's sort of, sort of funny. I don't know about you, but hearing these names – it just kind of feels like, oh yeah, of course it is. It's not like a revelation. It's more like, oh yeah, that's that seems like that's what it's supposed to be anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe as, as big of um of an announcement for this entire thing is the fact that we're having original John Williams music just for this. It's oh. that's so that's a really really big deal. I mean, it, I still boggles the mind. You know, if you would have told me five six years ago this stuff was going to
0: happen, I never would have believed it in my wildest dreams. It is so, so. it is very exciting. And um, I have to say the video clips that I mentioned. Giddy, I'm giddy. Really, really brought it up. <laughs> Giddy Jerry. Um, uh, those video clips really kind of brought it home for me. And I got the goosebumps that I think you've been experiencing since the announcement of this mm-hmm. entire park. Um, it just really made it so real. And you're right, the John Williams, I mean, what else would you want playing? No, you know, I and they, and you could use and you could use the the, the music from the films, but mm-hmm. how much more special is it that it's unique to this this experience? I think that is so cool, and I have to say, I, uh, when I was uh, home for uh, Thanksgiving, I was visiting with my brother, who's just a little bit older than me, and really was a uh, was a grouch and a curmudgeon growing up about all of my star Wars stuff that was in the bedroom. And he just, he, he hated star Wars. I think because of me and all my action figures, he said to me when we we're at eating Thanksgiving dinner, he said, you know, we are looking at going to Disney. He says he has a son that's about uh, eight, nine years old. He said, we we're looking at going to Disney, but he said, I, I realized that they're having this whole star Wars world. He goes, we're putting it off and we're going the next year. Wow. And I, I just looked at him and I said, you do realize you hated me for Star Wars, right? And he goes, he goes, don't even bring that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now you shared it with uh, many, many, many people on the air. He'll be happy That's to right. know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> hey, karma, dude. Karma, Tom's brother. So
0: anyway, it, this fun. is great news.
1: Oh my gosh, it's tremendous news. Thank you um, for sharing that because I've been looking forward to talking about it on the air and There's nobody better to talk about it with than you.
0: Absolutely. I, I love I love all of it. Hey, I wanted to finish up just with a quick uh, celebration announcement. We've been kind of tossing these in at the end of news here lately. Uh, recently, that they announced a number of authors who will be in attendance in Chicago in April, Star Wars Celebration, leading off with none other than Timothy Zahn of the Star Wars Thrawn Alliances. Of course, Delilah Dawson of Phasma has to be there, as does Claudia Gray, who has an upcoming Star Wars title, Master and Apprentice. Katie Cook, illustrator and co-author of Star Wars search your feelings alexander freed author of the upcoming star wars alphabet squadron kevin scott of star wars adventures in wild space jeffrey brown whose titles include darth vader and family coloring book oh man dan that right there just gets me pumped
1: <laughs> vader's son vader's little princess yeah he's not uh, on the show yeah. before yeah uh, that's and then um the search your feelings book we have that book and I actually haven't talked about it on the show, but Disney was kind enough to send it to me. And it's really quite lovely. You know, the art and the illustrations are what you'd expect
3: mm-hmm. from,
1: from you know, the the one, what was it? I can't even think of the title. The ABC's ABC 3PL, I believe was oh, that. Oh, yeah, that yeah. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's so fun. And then it's got some nice little rhythmic write-ups about the different emotions. It's fun to read it to our son because... Then he sort of talks about what the feelings mean and we guess them based on the illustrations. So that's good. Yeah, it's cool that they're gonna be there. Uh man, celebration. I've already got so many irons in the fire for celebration. I'm very excited to start announcing them as we get closer and closer to the big the big weekend.
0: So yeah. Tom, thank
1: you so much. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we will close out our list of the top five things we love about Rogue One. This is Coffee with Kenobi. This is Coffee with Kenobi. MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is the absolute way to go if you are going to be doing any traveling this Christmas season, next summer, spring break, or whatever. And actually, for a great example of that, be sure to look at our Coffee with Kenobi Instagram page this weekend because my wife and her very good friend are in New York City, courtesy of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. And when you watch these Instagram stories that these two are going to have and the different images and updates, you're going to see the great things that MEI helps to plan to make your vacation extra special. They have signature service and expert advice to help clients maximize their vacation time and dollar. They help your family enjoy everything that Disney theme parks and the cruise lines have to offer, help plan every detail, and share invaluable tips. Check out www.mousefantravel.com today and let them know Coffee with Kenobi sent you. And don't forget www.onenationcoffee.com for the best coffee in the galaxy. It's also the official brew of Coffee with Kenobi. I start my morning every single day with One Nation Coffee because it is the best. You can start your coffee subscription so you never miss out on the best coffee in the galaxy by going to www.onenationcoffee.com today. Plus, enter the code KENOBI10 to set up a coffee subscription and save 10% off your first order. We're back and we are on our last one on our list of the top five things we love about Rogue One, I have let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven honorable mentions. My goodness, that's a lot. Uh, Jay, what is your fifth one?
2: Oh my goodness, it's it's almost like you know reach into the fishbowl and pull one out because there's there's yeah. so many. Um, okay, game game time decision here. Um, I'm gonna have to go with just the. Again, the whole idea of the relationship between Jin and her father, even though they were separated for so long, and the fact that he named the plans Stardust, and Jin knew it without question that that was the name of the file that they needed, and just that that whole connection that was being made, and and the fact that Galen was still honoring his love for his daughter and saying, I'm doing this for you. Basically, that was his way of saying that I'm doing this for you. This is this is why I named it this way. So I just absolutely adore that connection.
1: Gosh, what's your last one?
3: So it's a it's a common theme that you both have hit. But I I wrote story of sacrifice, because how do you define victory? This flows like a World War Two era spy movie where the ultimate you know, play to, to get the plans out cost everyone everything. Mm. And that was v- victory in order to be able to fight again and to, to actually blow up the Death Star. And because of that, it fundamentally changes the way that at least I watched the original Star Wars because R2 wigging out, going like, no, I'm not staying here at this farm, I'm leaving – it's like it makes sense because of everything that transpired. Uh, it really does suck you in. Uh, you, I mean, everyone sacrifices. You know whether it's Galen uh, to to Jen, and you know that's also the tragedy of the daughter having to you know try to rectify and finish the father's work, and you know costing her her life at a young age. So it's it's that powerful story that. It's the Bridges of Nav- Navarro. Oh, i never pronounced that correctly, but it does have that World War II spy movie vibe.
1: Mm, yeah, it does. And that, mm, you, you open up an interesting moral quantity that we have to explore in a, in a future episode. So, very good. <laughs> My last one is Director Krennic and invader scene um, in Vader's castle. Mm. Just the fact that when we go to Mustafar, it's the only planet that they don't name. Uh, Which gives it more of an eerie, ominous feeling because Star Wars fans Mm. pretty much know what that means. And the fact that they're specifically making it different by not naming it, it makes it even louder because it makes it more intimidating and gives it a little bit more weight. This whole film has more weight in it than a lot of Star Wars films because there's so much at stake uh, in a much more personal, uh, realistic way, if, if you can have a realistic film about um, something set in a galaxy far, far away. And the fact that they have this confrontation and Vader coming out of, the, of that smoke um, and clearly intimidating Vader, it's its its quite a great scene and seeing that this is where Vader spends his time, which we know from Charles Soult's comic series, the Vader Volume 2, why he picks Mustafar in this castle. So I definitely would encourage all of you to check that out or listen to comics with Kenobi and hear Jeff and Matt talk about it. But that it's a great, it's a great, powerful scene, and, and it's more Vader on screen, which is great. So we've got honorable mentions, and what we usually do with honorable mentions is we just we mention them and we don't really spend a lot of time going into them because they're honorable mentions, but they're definitely things we have to bring up. And I don't know about either of you, but for me anyway, Coming up with the top five of these films, and I can't believe there's only two left to talk about. This was the hardest one for me to narrow down five points because I think like this is a very rich, rich movie. But thank goodness for honorable mentions. Jay, what are the ones that you have?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: I'm going to have to say my first honorable mention is, and, and I have to say too, Dan, with what you just mentioned, I didn't realize that that was the only planet that hadn't been officially labeled but you're right now that i think about it all the other planets at the bottom of the screen told you that they were on jetta or told you where they were and they didn't for that one so good catch and i i never thought about that so my my first honorable mention is the fact that we as um uber fans get some real easter eggs in here i mean just just the character of Saw Gerrera himself from Clone Wars coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then we get to see the ghost and we get to hear um Sindula the name Sindula right. yeah. we get to and see Chopper, Chopper
1: operated right? by Matt Martin for the film
2: too. Oh that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. So I just love those little easter eggs that are thrown in there. And even like you were saying Josh earlier with the pilots from a new hope. I mean not everybody's going to make that connection necessarily. I mean they may if they're if they've watched the movie enough but they not they, they may not. So I just love that.
1: Is it do you have any, you have any more
2: Oh, any more honorable mentions? Yeah. Oh, we're just going to go yeah, through them all. Yeah, just throw them all on the table.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. I love, <laughs> I actually like the fact that there wasn't an opening crawl, which I know is up for a lot of debate, but it opened the door to the idea that, yes, this is a standalone movie. It is not part of the episodic Skywalker saga, so to speak. Um, so I actually appreciated the fact that there wasn't an opening crawl. Um, and I'm also going to say, uh, for my last honorable mention, um, there are so many of them that I have written down here, but I'm going to say again, like you were saying, Josh, with Chirrut and Baze and their relationship and just the conviction that Chirrut had in his faith and the, the mantra that he kept repeating. And, you know, I think that that speaks volumes to all of us that no matter where our faith is or no matter what shape that it may take, that we can always find solace in our beliefs. So that's it for me.
1: Beautiful. What a, what a great way to end it. I, I, knew you'd, I knew you'd bring the awesome and you certainly <laughs> did. Aw, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Josh, what are your honorable mentions? So I
3: I have a few. Uh, again, ask a lawyer for a list. So first mm-hmm. up, uh, I saw this with my cousin, who I'm a year and two days older than him. Growing up, we had lots of fun with our Star Wars toys. So it was great being able to see it with him. He's an ER doctor. I'm a lawyer. And we got to go have some fun together with it. Uh, The detail in Jetta. Uh, was, I think, astounding. I mean, there's the visual dictionary right there exploding on the screen. I love seeing the planet names. Again, it goes to that World War II movie vibe. But it's also nice to go, how is that spelled? Where is it? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's nice. Uh, Then we get into, this movie is packed with wonderful legal issues, and that's my Mm shtick. So being able to explore whether or not the destruction of Jeddah was a war crime, uh, it is. Uh, whether the targeted killing of Galen Urso by uh, Davids uh, Draven was legitimate under the DOJ memo to uh, kill Americans abroad working with Al Qaeda, that was in depth and a lot of fun to go through. Uh, and the conscription of Galen Erso uh, is a wonderful foil to talk about our conscription laws for people who have served. And of course, uh, what's the legal status of the rebels? Because you get people who are traitors, people who are truly rebels, and that's just a lot of fun to analyze. But that's how I roll uh, when it comes to talking about the law.
1: Wow! wow. And we'll <laughs> we'll get to that too when we get when we um, ask you about, <laughs> about your about the legal geeks at the end of the show. So thank yeah, you for sharing that. I am
2: I am blown away right now. That <laughs> was that was pretty amazing. Not gonna lie. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Very, very good. Very well. Wow. Very nice, Josh. My honorable mentions, um, nowhere near as eloquent as what Josh just said. But the first one I put is Jen Urso in her presence. I mentioned at the top of the show that every one I have could be about her. But I mean she's just she's just, she's just a, a someone you can't take your eyes off on screen and she's always got something important that she's doing or she's contemplating or just her interactions with other characters. She's, she's great. She's one of she's one of my favorites. Hope the ending, like you mentioned, Jay, the fact that it ends on that and what that means to the saga and what it means to us as people is timeless. And I think that's great. The wizard of Jared Imwe and how he presents himself and in a very non Yoda fashion, but with a lot of weight and a lot of wisdom and a lot of aphorisms that I think uh, mean a lot to a lot of people. Galen Erso, and I mean, that he's it's a great actor anyway. Um, Maz Mikkelsen, but he's just, he's awesome. And I like Catalyst, as you mentioned, also Jay, that adds a lot to his character for me. But he's, a, he's magnificent. The fact that this movie broke the mold on what it means to make a Star Wars movie and that it created a brand new one. You can give it a little bit more of an edge, but still keep that that childlike wonderfulness that is Star Wars. I like uh, Giacchino's version of the Imperial theme here, especially when they first show the Death Star. And then at the end, I have the theme of sacrifice. So there are my honorable mentions. Rogue One is a great movie, and um, I'm very glad that the both of you were able to join me for a cup of coffee to talk about this. Let's go ahead and have you both share with everyone where they can find you and all of your great contributions to Star Wars. Jay, we'll start with you.
2: Well, of course, you can find me right here on Coffee with Kenobi on my Core Worlds Couture Fashion Review blog. I've um, been taking a little bit of a hiatus right now. Uh, you know, life just kind of gets in the way, as you all know but um, I do have some things on the back burner, so to speak, so I'm hoping after the first of the year that I can get back with that. You can find me on Starship Sabers and Scoundrels, which is a biweekly podcast that I host with Dennis Keithley and Darth Taxus over on the RetroZap network. And you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Joyce Krebs and also on Instagram at Krebs. So I hope to see you there. And if you want to check out my classroom, Star Wars in the Classroom escapades, I am at Krebs Class. It's K-R-E-B-S, K-L-A-S-S on Instagram. And I'm proud to be Rogue Seven with Star Wars in the Classroom.
1: That's right. All rogues standing by. And Josh, what about you?
3: So I'm one of the co-creators of The Legal Geeks. So you can follow uh, us on Twitter at The Legal Geeks. Uh, All other social media, Facebook, Instagram, we're there at The Legal Geeks. Our blog is at uh, www.thelegalgeeks.com. And Star Wars is one of the topics we have blogged about the most because it is an amazing foil to help people understand the law. One of the first posts I did was Han Solo's legal justification to shoot first, which Mm -hmm. Vulture republished twice that wow. so, pretty yeah, great
2: uh impressive
3: it, it's it's <laughs> you know it had more shares than the interview with daisy ridley so
2: wow. Yeah, uh
3: we we occasionally do cons we did the uh mock trial of poe dameron at uh, san diego comic-con this year That's which fun. one of our highlights i mean in fact ryan johnson acknowledged our existence uh mm-hmm, and I remember that and yeah. And uh, Oscar Isaacs actually said nice things about us in an interview. So that, that made me happy. And if all goes well in 2019, you'll see us a few
1: times with a couple new mock trials. Awesome. Perfect. We look forward to that. Uh, thank you so much, everybody.
2: Well, thank you for having me on again, Dan. This has been amazing. And Josh, it's been so awesome talking to you and you're absolutely right with putting things into star Wars just makes everything so much more understandable.
3: It's a ton of fun and it's a pleasure to actually speak with both of you as opposed to just hear you so it's uh <laughs> this has been really nice to uh to be to to join you for a cup of coffee to uh talk about what we love
1: couldn't have said it better myself. Let's go ahead and take our last break and come back and close out the show. This is coffee with Kenobi
0: listening to coffee with Kenobi you are the podcast you're looking for this is <laughs>
1: Before we get to email, I want to thank our CWK sponsors T Public, One Nation Coffee, Harry's Razors, and Mouse Fan Travel. Please support them the way they support our podcast. And remember to listen to new and archive shows of Coffee with Kenobi wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, or our website, www.coffeewithkenobi.com. And if you listen to the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Tumblr, and we'd love for you to check us out there. Also, be sure to listen to our CWK family of shows, including Legends Library, Rebels Reactions, Comics with Kenobi, and Lattes with Leia. Please leave a review for each of their shows as well, and be sure to subscribe to each of them individually, as they all have their own feeds now. That's going to do it for today's show of Coffee with Kenobi, show number 153. A huge thank you to Jay Krebs and Josh Gilliland for joining us, for Tom for bringing the news, and for your contributions to Coffee with Kenobi and Star Wars Conversation. In addition to the places I just mentioned for Coffee with Kenobi, you can find me twice a month on the podcast Looking at Lucasfilm as part of the Jim Hill Media Network, as well as on Twitter at Mr m r z e h r. and you can find my writings on CWK's website, as well as StarWars.com, where I'm an official blogger, and on IGN, where I contribute articles on Star Wars, as well as some other topics. Thanks again for joining us and don't forget to check out www.patreon.com slash coffee with Kenobi to help support this show as well as get access to CWK Pour Over, the exclusive Coffee with Kenobi podcast that is not heard anywhere else. There are also t-shirts, coffee mugs, and so much more. Good luck on all that Christmas shopping and getting into the spirit of things. We will be back next week with two new co-hosts and more Star Wars
0: conversation. This is
3: No one here Move along Move along